Welcome to the Overreact Podcast. In a society that puts women in a box, let's overreact. It's your host, Monica Mohoya. It's your girl, Angela Wamboy. And it's your girl, Lush Angela. Hello, Overreactors. We hope that you all are ready to overreact with us today with another episode of Season 3 for the Queen Hustlers Edition. We promise it's going to be invigorating. And before we go on, we want to kindly request that if you haven't already subscribed, quickly grab your phone, Select your preferred podcast platform, either Apple, Spotify, Google, or Anchor FM, and subscribe to Sister Speaks Global page. You can also do the same on SoundCloud and subscribe to Capital FM Kenya's page. We're getting closer to the 500K mark, but the mission remains to reach our target of 1 million streams this year. So please, all of you listening, help us make this possible. Yes, and you know, staying on use, we have an incredible guest who's going to help us understand how to do career transition into the hustle world. Uh, you know, in a world in a world that you know celebrates the multifaceted, uh, where the likelihood of you winning, unless you're like. Uh, um, mini opera, uh, you know, there's so much competition. There's, you know, there are many traditional ways of just working and running businesses. But how do we, you know, step out and create an intentional and bold brand? That's what we are going to be talking about. When the one door closes, how do you open multiples and actually build a brand that, you know, you know, comes with impact and elevate who you are? Get your money up, baby. Who better to have this conversation with than Queen Hustler with a different path? So in the studio, we have with us the former Chief Administrative Secretary, Communication Strategist and Global Speaker, Nadia Abdallah. We want to officially welcome you to the Overreact podcast. Please share a fun fact and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, everyone. Um, let me see. It's very weird for me to introduce myself these days because I'm like, I'm coming from a place where it was so formal and now it's like, hey, I'm Nadia. <laughs> but I'm Nadia Abdallah. I am the former chief administrative secretary. And to those who might not know this, uh, it's literally deputy minister. Just the name has changed in Kenya. Uh, fun fact about me. I love cooking and dancing and a lot of travel. So think that's fun yeah but other than that yes i'm a different type of queen of queen hustler (laughs) just like you said nada you are a different type of queen hustler um and oftentimes it's imagined that once you're in politics that one is not hustling their way to the top but before we talk about your transition out of politics take us back to how a woman from mombasa gathered the courage to apply for miss president what was the show about and what about the show inspired you to explore politics and was the desire always there from day one? Yeah. So first of all, uh, I'd like to just uh, rectify something. I'm not a woman of politics. I'm a woman of governance and advocacy. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. I'm not a politician. I'm a person who really enjoys policy and governance. Uh, so how did I get the courage? Honestly, Nadia's courage comes from everywhere. I just woke up one morning and I'm like, I need people to know who I am. And if I just stick to the ways uh, I do things in Mombasa, then people will know about me. Um, I saw the flyer and I applied. And the fact that it was on TV, I was like, hey, I'm going to get more than two million viewers to see who Nadia is. And that's what I did. Applied and gave it my all. Were you always interested? So was your vision to become Miss President? Like what was, when you were applying, because <laughs> yeah. you said you, your, your 
your focus is like yeah. policy and governance. Yes. So initially, obviously, that was an inspiration. But when you were initially applying, yeah. it was just more about getting your name out there. But as you continue to do the show, did yeah. you think, or oh, maybe I could, I should have better aspirations and maybe yeah. think about being Miss President? Um, so actually, the whole governance and policy thing came after I got into national government. Before that, and I remember very well at the age of 13, I wanted, I have two idols. One is late Kofi Annan and one is Oprah Winfrey. Mm. So for me, I was either going to go into the humanitarian side of life or being a communication expert. And so my goal was to make sure that whatever I do, I do it to a very high pedestal so that I could just break the biases that are there around Swahili women who are from Mombasa. Mm. And so, you know, one thing led to another and as I got to Miss President I focused on mental health actually mental health was was my topic and what helped me break through from the Miss President and set me apart from everyone else but as as I could like practice and read about it more and engage with people I just found myself paving a way in just a different place and I would say Intention, manifestation, prayer, and hard work is what got me to the different sectors that I'm in. I love that. Incredible. There's a a study that, you know, accounted for less than 30% of women ministers in 130 countries. And out of the 12, none, like zero. So being in the space, you know, in the, you know, in the, in the national government, uh, having held the position that you did, mm-hmm. having seen how women, you know, are deemed or, you know, expected to, you know, sort of like, you know, wear your masculine energy. And then when you get out, you're supposed to be this perfect Nadia yeah. who's not outspoken. Yet you are, you know, expected that you're a voice to represent us. Uh, so how did you, you know, come from... From that space where you had so much power mm. uh, to sort of like you know represent the women out here, and yeah. when that role uh, you know ended, how have you been able to recreate yourself yeah. Yeah. and open your mindset to other myriad opportunities yeah. based on you know Miss President, yeah. your position at the national government, yeah. and you're going global, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, so number one, the Nadia that walked in into national government is the same Nadia that walked out. The only difference is she's more confident, she's more articulate, and she has more networks. Mm. (laughs) And so when I was in that position, and a lot of women usually do this, uh, is that they become a masculine. They try to become like the men. They try to be aggressive in a male way. When I walked in, I stayed in my feminine energy. I was always colorful in terms of my outfits. I always had red lipstick all the time. Always. Always. um, (laughs) Whenever somebody would try and like mistake me for um, not a a CAS, but somebody else, I would speak out. Um, I was very articulate to the point that you'll find some of my male colleagues asking me who's training you. And I'm like, nobody. This is how I am. And so I stuck to that. And I knew that when I am there, other than having the government mandate, I needed to make a name for myself because I wanted to show young women and young girls that that's how you do it. You can't just go in and get absorbed in everything. So when I came out, actually what helped me even globally was my own job because I was now being invited to a lot of global opportunities. So whenever I stepped out of Kenya and on a stage that was outside of Kenya, Africa, or globally, 
I was representing, yes, as a young woman who's in national government, but also as a young woman who's an advocate for the rights of women, mm -hmm. for diversity and inclusion. And so I think for me, because of my personality, being a go-getter and knowing what it is that I want, it's made my transition um, face front easy. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm talking about face front is because what people see is that, oh my God, she left government and she's fine. But when we talk about the mental um, implications of it and how what it did to my mind and, and everything, now that was a different story because uh, it had a lot. Because, you know, you get thrown in at the age of 29 with people who are at a median age of 48 and above hmm. and or even 50. And then you get told now it's ended and all these other people who've left have plans because they have been in that system or they have been in those spaces for a while. And you are a young lady who now has to pick up and not only face the public, but also try to figure out where exactly you're going. What's so, next? Yeah. yeah, so mentally it, it had a toll on me. But again, you know, you dust yourself off, took a break, went on holiday and now I'm back. A question. Yes. There could be another lady who's in the that space, and yes. that happens to her. Yes. And you said you were able to dust off. Maybe like just touch on what worked, like a thirty yeah. second trick, or yes. like what worked for you for yeah. any young girls who yeah. really want <clears throat> to make to a that. change and don't want to give up. But then you, you find yes. yourself with, yeah. uh, you know, men who are of a certain age, and then maybe even women of a certain age, yes. and so you're constantly having to. Tell them, don't look at me as young. Listen to what I'm, I'm saying. saying. Yeah. I think number one is you have to separate your professional life to your personal life. The reason I say that is so that when you go, when you leave your professional life, you have somewhere to bounce back. You need to have somewhere you can fall on and people will pick you up. So as a young woman who is listening to this, have that. Have that safe space, that safe place, those safe people that you can just go on to. Um, number two, I think you have to make a choice. Um, is this your path? Like, is this what you want to do? Or is it a transitional period in the sense that I'm going into policy, I'm going into politics, I'm going into governance, but after that, I'm going to come out and I want to be a businesswoman or I want to be a trainer. Once you know what exactly it is and where your purpose is, then it makes it easy. And then number three, you just have to invest in yourself so much, how you speak, how you talk, how you show up, and how you walk. Because these are the things that will introduce them first to people before your name. Mm. Yes. I love that. Um, so when it comes to succeeding in business or exploring juggling different hustles, you need yes. to be good at building your brand, like you said. You need to be able to you know, separate your personal and your professional life. Um, and if we're being honest, you're definitely one of the most memorable casts out there. Um, so since the end of your role, we see no signs of you slowing down, all right? And we're becoming more familiar with you as a communication strategist and as a global speaker. You were named uh, one of the top voices in 2022. And um, you're making great use of the digital media space to continue sharing what you do and building your brand. So what characteristics would you say uh, did politics help you harness and how is it now hustling your way to, uh, you know, into less political roles? Yeah. Um, number one, vulnerability. You have to really, the reason why um, I was, I would say I'm memorable, the reason why people can relate, the reason why my brand is still going on, because I show vulnerability. 
Um, a lot of people tend to look at people who are in governance or politics as demigods. But right. when I was there, I was like, no, I would post pictures I'm crying at the end of the year. I would share. I would tell people today, I just don't feel like it. Even at work, I'd be like, I can't. I can't do it. So vulnerability is number one. Um, and then number two, again, it's really knowing who you are. The reason why I don't stop is because I look at it this way. Government did not, um, it's not that I wanted government. Government wanted me because of my visibility, because of the way I articulate things well, and because they needed a young person who can change the narrative and try to break bias. So because I know this, it has helped me now to transition and tell people that, by the way, yeah, that was a job like any other, and the contract has ended. In fact, I'm a communication strategist, and I speak very well. And so I was like, I have two choices. I either can slack and be like, oh, my God, I'm so scared what people are going to think, or I just go out there full force and be unapologetic with what I do. I think that's the word. You don't owe anyone an explanation uh, on what brand, what impact, what you want to do. You just... You know, sorry, I'm not sorry. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that authenticity. And maybe you just talk to someone who's going through that transition. Probably, you know, a consultation. I mean, yes. a consultancy has ended. Yes. Uh, you know, an income stream has mm. ended, and they just don't know. They don't know how to tap into their value. And you definitely sound like you know yourself. Yeah. Maybe talk about why it's important for women to know who they are and yeah. to own their voice mm. and then leverage that so, you know, to tap into opportunities. Yeah. Right? Um, so the reason why uh, I, I encourage women to know their value because we get shortchanged a lot, be it in business, be it consulting, whatever it is that you do, we get shortchanged a lot. And the reason we get shortchanged is because everybody's just like, yeah, she's a woman, it's okay. Let's start her off like this. So you find you have offers and they'll be like, yeah, we'll give you this, but you know our budget doesn't. And I'm like, oh, please. When you are structuring something, there was a budget. Right. And so just because I'm a woman, you're not going to slash that budget. And so it's important to really invest in your negotiation skills as a woman especially when you know you're getting to a point where your contract is ending, you're getting to a point where your business is doing badly, you have to do that. I tell people even dating is negotiable. Mm -hmm. Everything you have to negotiate because there is a certain value addition that you're bringing onto the table. Now, how do you get to this point? You just have to invest in yourself. I'm going to really preach about that. Women, we tend to always look for the next best thing without taking time off and looking at ourselves and thinking, is this really me? And if you don't have an answer to that, ask yourself, how do I tap into that me? You look at the struggles, you look at the highs, and you look at your lows, and then <clears throat> use that and internalize that. And so I think it's just that. And how you tap into that moving forward is um, don't always accept what is thrown at you. Mm. like Bridge. yeah don't always just because I almost did that mistake because I was like oh my god no salary anymore no medical benefits no this and that and I almost agreed to do something that now I look at it and I'm like uh-uh that wasn't my value and so don't no matter what how fearful you are don't do that and I know there's the concept of financial um, security now when you're in your consulting your job, whatever it is, honeys, you guys have to save money. 
for a bad day, even if it's a hundred shillings or a thousand shillings, that can go a long way. Mm. Now that cushions you to also make the right decisions when it comes to what exactly you want to, um, you know, commit to. Love that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just thinking, I saw something about, like, you know, how we are told, of, co- of course, you come from coast, yes. you were expected, ha, huh, 29, get married, you know, <laughs> and someone was talking about, you know, how we should, as women, start looking at everything, a relationship as marriage, as a transaction. Mm. These are my values. Mm. This is what I bring to the table. What is my return on investment? Exactly. I'm gonna get a beat up mom board, yeah. and then you, you know, I'm gonna be your punching <laughs> bag. So what do I take at the end of the day? So like, just asking ourselves yeah. in those spaces and those rooms we put ourselves, what am I getting in return? Mm. And I was like, boom. Yeah, it needs to be on a billboard because we <gasps> need to know that. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. yeah, and and speaking about. Um, the fact that now life has to be about building yourself as a brand. Mm. And so earlier on, we alluded to the fact that we live in a society where everyone is very multifaceted. Mm -hmm. And so people want to do, I want to do this podcast, but then I also want to moderate. I also want to do consulting. And let's talk about building yourself as a brand Mm -hmm. um, and speak to the people who don't necessarily want to get a typical job. They Mm -hmm. want to uh, experiment in other ways. Um, How do we build a brand that is uh, like you're not uh, you're not Microsoft, but yes. you're like you're the brand that we are buying into yes, yes. and calling for communication parts yeah. or for global speaking. So let's talk yeah. to that brand that's yeah. an individual. Yeah, I think uh, the first rule in building a brand is, again, I talk about this a lot. You have to know yourself. You cannot start anything if you don't know who you are, what your values are, and how far are you willing to go. If you don't know these things, there is no way you're going to build a very effective and impactful brand. So that's number one. Then number two, you have to put in the work because building a brand doesn't happen in a fortnight. I mean, if we look at myself, a lot of people don't know this, but there was a time my name was Turban Dreamer because I am I love wearing turbans and that was in university and <laughs> I I don't know what happened but I was like okay I'm, I'm here in Malaysia and I'm just going to attend because I, I loved fashion PR and I'm just going to attend fashion PR uh, events and I'm going to write about events and I was like yeah so there was turban dreamer there was nadi wadi uh but that was <laughs> I, I mean like before getting to where i'm now where i'm saying nadi abdallah there's a lot and so what does that mean that means brands number 1 a personal brand takes time and number 2 a personal brand is built through mistakes um silly engagements up until you get to a point where you're like, okay, maybe this is what I resonate with. And a lot of people don't want to think that way. Everyone thinks, I can do my own personal brand. And you just start from the beginning. But some of us, honestly, thank God those days, there were no cameras. or if, I mean, not there were no cameras. Facebook was one of those things, but well, we didn't have... Now ha- we know. We're yeah. gonna <laughs> uh, trust me, the photographers Nadi were Wadi. taking pictures, <laughs> especially the Nadi Wadi brand. I l- literally don't want anyone to know about that. <laughs> too late. <laughs> and so, you know, there's that. So, but you see, that's my brand, and I can sit down with you guys and laugh about it. But right now, we're in such a microwave generation, people think a brand is made in a fortnight and you wake up. Then the other thing is you have to be so intentional with where you go. 
One of the secrets of building a brand is putting yourself in networks that aren't comfortable for you. And people don't know this. You have to be in networks, in spaces that you are so uncomfortable with because that will build resilience. And a brand, a good brand needs resilience. A good brand needs vulnerability and a good brand needs connectivity. And I don't mean internet connectivity, but how do you connect with people? How do you relate with them? How are you letting them in? And so it's a whole 360 degree kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I love how you said uh, it takes mistakes to, to build a brand. Um, so I'm curious to know what is one defining mistake uh, that you learned on your journey that helped you define uh, what your brand is today? And if you were able to talk to young Nadia in her teens <laughs> with what you know now about life and everything, uh, what's one thing you would wish for her to know and how would you encourage her? Um, so the one mistake, oh my God, boundaries. I never had boundaries. Oh my God, I never had boundaries. I was just like, oh, I thought everyone was for me. I thought everybody was ready to like help me. I thought opportunities that come for me were actually all for Nadia, tailor-made for Nadia. But then I realized they were not. There were actually some opportunities that were built for Nadia to fail. There were some people who were pretending to hold my hand, but they wanted to see how far I can fall. And there were just some people who I thought I could confide in that and, and attach myself to, but they were damaging my brand. And so that is the biggest mistake that I can literally have learned from. Right now, my boundaries are so high that it needs 20 ladders to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody crosses over those boundaries, I'm just like, well, you know, you're lucky. As it should be. You're, you're lucky, you yeah, know. And what I would tell, what I would tell young Nadia... Young Nadia I would tell her to, I would tell her that, you know what, there was no point of uh, trying to fit in. So I come from a blended family. I grew up with a lot of identity crisis. Uh, and this is because of, you know, our backgrounds and we're from, especially in the, in the coast. We are a mix and match of a lot of things. So you find yourself in extended families where people are of different nature, different uh, beliefs and everything. And then you find there's this radical, assertive young girl who was born and she feels like this is beyond me. And so I grew up really trying to fit in. In, in primary school, in high school, actually the time that I stopped fitting in was in university. That's when I found myself. And so I would tell young Nadia, don't try to fit in because you are never meant to fit in. You are actually meant to shine. And that um, I would also tell her, you know, it's okay. All those boys you are wasting your time on, you're still wasting your time <laughs> on them. <laughs> so it's not that serious. <laughs> what I'm hearing from you, it's, you know, boundaries. It, 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 they will make you or break you. And yeah. it depends how high they are. And yeah. I think it's very important for women like ourselves to know our boundaries. And sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, some men feel like boundaries is arrogance. You know, yeah. it's yeah. standards. standards. Mm. Like, maybe speak to that girl who's been probably shut. Yeah. Of, and she was going for an opportunity. Yeah. And she knows she has what it takes. But she was told... Uh, Maringo, you come yeah. here biking. Yeah. Yeah, because I make the decisions yeah. over here. Yeah. I yeah. mean, girl, I am called arrogant. I am called rude. Nambiwa Najiskia. I have um, been, you know, sexual passes ha have been thrown at me. Um, people have laughed at me <clears> as well. 
And the reason I'm, I'm talking about all this is because this girl who's listening. But you see, all those things have not brought me down. Because number one, I'm, if you think I'm arrogant, that's fine. Uh, that's just me. It's a non-negotiable. And it's not that I'm arrogant. I'm assertive. So to that girl, don't be scared of being assertive. Because assertiveness will take you far. The people who are meant to hold you and build you and go with you will go, go through all that with you. They will appreciate your assertiveness to other people. It's like uh, being uh, egoistic. They'll appreciate your clearness and your boundaries. And they'll be willing to raise the bar for you so that you can even climb up higher. Um, I also want to tell her, like, um, stop asking for permission. Hmm. I mean, gone are the days where you're asking, oh, do you think I can do this? Let me do this. I mean, we have imposter syndrome moments. But that's between you, your girls, that's it. Anyone else, especially males or anyone else who tries to break that, it's not worth it. So don't ask for permission. Do what you got to do. Mistakes, I'll repeat this again, mistakes make you. Mistakes make you, baby girl. Failure yeah. means you succeeded. Kabisa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, so I want to ask you, so what does the future hold for Nadia Ahmed? What are we to expect from you? Uh, there's so much that you've done in your young life, um, but what does the future hold for you? Um, the future is beautiful. I hope, well, I hope in my future there'll be like, you know, a mister with some kids, three kids maybe. That's what I'm going at. <laughs> because one thing I'm telling I'm telling girls is 2023 is not about saying I don't want a relationship. If you want it, say it, manifest it, get it if it's for you. But other than that, um, I think career wise, uh, I don't know, to be honest. I'm at a point in my life where I'm accepting what is meant for me. What is meant for me will not pass me. So when it comes to me, I will take it. When it passes me, I will cry sometimes because there are things you really want and you don't get. I will cry. But um, I will still be visible and people will still see me. And in places where I can pull other women and uh, in bold other women, mm -hmm. I will pull them. In places that. where I can drop other women's names, I will drop them because okay. it's there's a lot of scramble of opportunities and women feel like our opportunities are so scarce that we try to be each other's enemies. But have we ever thought about what if we come together? Mm. There's power in numbers. Yeah. Yes. There's power in numbers. Let's come together and do what you got to do. So for now, Nadia is, is swimming in the international space, international market. She's also, you know, being an entrepreneur because one of my, my powerful things is bringing people together of different industries. So I'm trying to build networks eh, and just have a good life, honestly, and be financially secure. I you like see that. you ecosystem builder. Uh, yes. You see where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. And I love what you said. You've allowed, you know, you've released control. Yeah. And in doing that, you know, you just, you know, put yourself in this receiving uh, and mode and what is for you will come for you. And, yeah. and I think, you know, because you mentioned that once you know yourself, 
you'll recognize what is for you yeah. so it can never pass mm-hmm. you yes we've really enjoyed having that conversation and you know you're welcome to the queen hustler space <laughs> but i feel like <laughs> even in, if, even in government you still you know hustling so it never oh, yeah you i mean partners yes. <laughs> you gotta hustle them partners exactly. as well <laughs> yeah so you're already in the right space and you yes. already have the right mentality and um wanna thank you for joining us today but before we end we're gonna give you a billboard over here why accurate did you know that we're gonna take your picture oh. and we're gonna blast it. We're gonna put a quote like glorious and purity. Yes, we're gonna do that. Oh, yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Senator Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in this billboard, yes. we want you to complete the sentence. Okay. Entrepreneurship is um, willingness to put in the work. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, So for all of you listening, you have been listening to the Overreact podcast, a space where we openly ask tough questions and have hard conversations to trigger change. A special thanks to Kofisi 9, where this recording is taking place. Um, If you're a content creator, this is definitely the spot for you to get creative and do check them out. Yes, tune in every Monday right here on Capital FM Kenya from 10.30 p.m. East African time. And this very episode will drop tomorrow digitally via SoundCloud on Capital FM Kenya page. And also follow us on Sister Speaks Global podcast pages on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Anchor. And also you can interact and overreact with us on at Sister Speaks uh, 254 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And also follow us on Instagram overreact podcast. You've been listening to your uh, host Monica Mahoya and you know release control. That's my batting shot. It's your girl Angela Wamboy and make sure that you learn from those mistakes. It's your girl Lash Angela and when you're building a brand, start to know start by knowing who you are. Ladies, let's overreact. <laughs>